is, you know. Oh, I say! Right, okay, Filthy Shambles, Season 3, Episode 32, I'm Spooky and I'm joined by Dan, welcome mate. Certainly man, how are you? I'm alright. <laughs> Just alright, alright, yeah. see you next week guys, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> yeah, thanks for tuning in guys, uh, cracking pod today, uh, much more content next week hopefully. Oh actually we're not playing next week, so um, <laughs> we better talk about something. We, we we better talk about we, we better have like two weeks worth of content on on this one. Well, just just um just release this a few days like well, a week later than normal, and you you're golden basically. Yeah, yeah, it's uh That's well, how look, content creation let, works, isn't it? No, m- yeah, more or less, just talk a lot of bollocks basically. Um, yeah, we do have a lot to talk about though, and it's interesting because before we hit record, we were just chatting about tone. It's like um. You know, there's going to be a lot of people talking about Spurs with their family and friends online, wherever, and other and other people getting together to record podcasts. And there'll probably be this kind of maybe conscious or subconscious uh, discussion with yourself or the people you're recording with in terms of how to approach it. Because there's a, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into doing these things, right? Believe it or not, and and often you kind of think about your audience and you think, what do they want to hear? But we kind of we kind of came to a very quick realization that we don't need to stage or script anything here. Like, how do we genuinely feel about things? And I think we're going to mm. get to that. You know, you don't have to uh, don't have to create a tone. You don't have to say let's be really positive because everyone's really pissed off. My um, my stance on it at the moment is the fuck are you pissed off about? Like, what? Like, are we that fragile and that broken as a fan base? That we 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 cannot entertain uh, the reality of the situation, which unfortunately, to use the p word, you kind of need patience, regardless of what you think of the last four years or the last twenty three years. We're in a position now where we're restarting from from the bottom to the top in terms of the way the club are approaching everything. So you have to buy into that, and that means take the good with the bad. It's fine to critique. It's fine to criticise the manager. It's fine to it's fine to sit there and think, why did we drop points here? Why did we lose? That's all good. That's part of football. That will never be taken away. But you then take another step back, and you look forward to the next game. Yeah, because there's always you, there's always going to be another game to, to put things right. And exactly. And if you look at it from Andrew's point of view, he's 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 um he's not been here for twenty three years, has he? He's been here for <laughs> seven months. Why has he got to care what happened? For the what's, why should he care what's happened in the last twenty three years? He's not going to, is he? Because he's as far as he's concerned, he's seven months in. He's seven months into a job, at a, and it's his biggest job to date yeah. so far. Yeah. Arguably, obviously, everyone will say that Celtic's like a a huge job because of the pressures that comes with that. Like you basically lose, and they want you out, kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but I mean, ultimately, he's seven months into a job that he's probably planning to be at for I don't know four or five years, absolute max, probably. So you do have to be patient, unfortunately. Like it's, it's not an overnight fix. I think we've seen a lot of progression to date. And it's like you say, like, what are people pissed off about? It's be pissed off about not winning a game of football, but it shouldn't go 
really for me much more beyond that at this point like there's nothing it doesn't the criticism doesn't have to go beyond that because if we if we're going to start looking into what's wrong at the club and what's deeply ingrained like within the within the dna of the club and you know do we have to sort of like start wondering about Ange Postacoglu every time we lose one out of five games or whatever it is like it's just it's just it's just not going to be um conducive to what's driving that though Dan because let, I mean, think think about it from just from the perspective of being a Tottenham supporter um, and following your team and knowing that you're not going to win every single game of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there are expectations. And, and we've spoken about this before. And in the summer, our expectations were rather different to what they are now. And we're, the, our expectations are higher right now of because of what we have achieved since the summer, because of Ange Postacoglu, not in spite of him, because of what he's managed to do in a very short space of time. Now, we kind of knew... We all spoke about it. We're very, we were very, and I want to say we. I don't mean me and you. I mean most Spurs fans that I spoke sure. to, very self-aware that the the whole getting carried away thing, the whole could we, could we meme, that was part of the fun because we were finally having fun. It wasn't us yeah. being completely serious, but the moment, the moment we don't get discos at the end of, at the end of the game, <laughs> people start turning against everything as if to say. Well, actually, it's not really working, is it? And and I've and I have seen people say this, and I've heard people say this. This is non-social media conversations that I've heard and seen and been and been part of, and I'm and and that's that's the part that I can't grasp. Like, what do you want from what 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 is it that you want from the immediacy of the games that we're playing now, and what do you want for the long term? Because to have one. You need to work through all the little things that need fixing to be able to then be consistent to have that conversation about could we, and and it seems people want to skip it. Like, what drives that? Is it because we've been burnt so many times? Do people at their, at their very core don't really trust and believe in a process? Because it, because you look at other clubs, they you know Arsenal. Unfortunately, you know you got to name check them. Eighth, eighth, and then fifth, right? Yeah. And they, and I'm speaking to an Arsenal supporter, you know, it's something that you have to do, um, a logical one. And they said, uh, he said, um, it was a struggle. And, and and there were people that wanted to do it and gone, and we weren't quite sure what was going on, but the board backed him. And he did have a lot of problems to start with. He had a bunch of older players, experienced players, big names, big egos that were not helping. And he had to get rid of them and replace them with a younger team. And then he Mm. had to build that younger team up. And unfortunately, you can't pretend that he hasn't done that. He, what they achieved last season was fucking scary. Do you know what I mean? We we were praying and hoping they would collapse. And thankfully that's one thing they haven't got rid of in in their DNA. And that's fine. But my point Mm. being is, my point being is, I know people who were saying, look at what they're building. You can see what they're doing. They're going to get there. Eight months into Postacoglu's reign, the same people are saying, oh, no, 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 he's not good enough. And, you know, he's been showing up here. It's like, hmm, like, why Why are we so entitled to shortcut ourselves to success? I think like, it's, it's, I think it's just that. I think it's just the fear factor of clubs like Arsenal, as you mentioned, to be honest. Like the reality is is that they're not quite the same team that they were last year. I think they're in some ways they're a bit scarier because they do seem to be, you know, much better defensively, although not necessarily until recently, not scoring as many goals up until now. Um 
but ultimately, like if they've, it, it, they're still they're, they're still winning amongst it, aren't they? Like they're what are they second at the moment. Um, mm, unfortunately. So, but but the, but the thing is, is that I think people are probably they're worried about the the prospect of them winning the league this year. Now, ultimately, if they do win the league, it's going to be absolutely horrible for us as a fan base to sort of like have to put up with that. But at the same time, you know that's that, that's a culmination of like what four five years work ultimately, and. You know, it's one of those where that that's it's taken them that long to get there. It hasn't happened within a year, um, and I think that people just. I think what what it is is that because we started the season the way we did, it, that that initial ten game spell, and it was pretty extraordinary. Some of the football we were playing and like how we were playing against teams like Arsenal included, and how we battered United, and you know we 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 got the win against Liverpool, which we hadn't done for ages. Do you know what I mean? And we was absolutely mm. like putting teams to the sword, and then. Unfortunately, we we got decimated as a team with injuries. We've then not, whenever we've then had everyone fit, we've got people coming back from Afcon, people coming back from the Asian Cup, people coming back from injury. And if if you someone um, I know, I've, I've got a shout. His name's uh, Chris. He said a really sort of like valid, made a very valid point today, just saying that there is a lot of negativity about um, Saturday, and it's to do with. But ultimately. A lot of that negativity is to do with the rustiness of players in key positions, and we're all waiting for them to come back on mass and our season to take off. But it sadly doesn't work like that. And I think it's just a good point, you know, because it's like, you, 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 I think the people think that just because someone like Madison's had four starts now that he should be ready to go. But you, that, that's what are you, what are you using to base that on? Football Manager or FIFA Career Mode? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, in real life, you've got you know, real mitigating circumstances. It's not just about what we're trying to do. It's what other good teams are trying to do, like, to us and around us. Like, I think, ultimately, the problem we had at the weekend was that if we had slightly worse opposition in front of us, we probably would have won, Spoo. But, you know, Wolves are a well-drilled team, as we saw when we played them away earlier in the season, with, albeit a much worse starting eleven. then. But... Yeah, you know we we, we, we haven't got no. You're fine. We haven't got people in great form right now, but that's fine because we've got a favourable fixture list coming up now against teams who, for one reason or another, you just fancy yourself against more. Yeah, because it's like we've got that really bad result out of the way that you just you, you'd like to think that we probably can't do something. Ex- we probably won't do that exactly that way in in the next game. Is what I'm getting at, I suppose. Look, we we we, we might end up flirting with this discussion point again at some point i mean there there is another um angle and and it's something that that i kind of quickly realized on saturday and and sunday was that the the reaction to the reaction is actually worse than the reaction itself because i I don't i I think i'm not saying so a lot of this is social media heavy right but when you say reaction to the reaction are you saying that the reaction of people Talking like about pe- people losing right. their shit and w- wanting Postacoglu out. See, I never saw any of it on my timeline, right? I know yeah. that at the game, I know someone who got into, he didn't get into a fight, but he almost got into a fight with someone else. They were arguing over the, over the performance. I don't actually even know what the... But that's ridiculous what, in what itself, the, right? Like, we lost it, two ones in a game of football. I know, I know. But, and Pete, and people, uh, people are getting... Um, you know, they're, they're getting the type of energy that you would get if you were thinking... Genuinely, the manager needs to be sacked. That the, mm. the football isn't good, and that there is no, there is no tangibles uh, that you can anchor yourself to, and that that's completely not the case, right? So you have got to then think why are these people get a little bit frustrated. Is it because 
they think they were promised somehow by what we have presented, uh, what the team have presented to us, that we were somehow on a promise for Champions League. It was like a, a certainty because of the mm. form of everyone else. The reality is, again, we're behind everyone else. That's no excuse. If there's momentum there to be to be uh, to be gr- kind of held on to, then fine if we're good enough to do it but obviously we're not quite good enough so the reaction to the reaction is is basically i guess amplifying a minority because if you're going to talk about social media let's not pretend that there isn't a very 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 small group of people who are i think partly it's their identity to 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 hate on spurs and especially the chairman and and it, and it and they need their voice to be heard, and you won't hear them if Spurs are doing well because then they don't have that identity. So it's those people, and it's just a bunch of weird accounts, uh, weird Twitter accounts. I'm not saying they're bots, but they just they might as well be bots because mm. I, I don't know who these people are. And in terms of their opinions, it seems very petulant and childish to just formulate these kind of uh, binary drenched in finality opinions about football and then and then I'm like who cares what these people are saying because they're they're a, they're the seedy underbelly of social media they're not they're not people you're going to meet in beaver town or at the ground and have a conversation with they're not people that I'm not saying they don't matter because they might be real people but my point is it's the minority you know I was at the game on Saturday there was no one pro- protesting outside the club shop there were hundreds upon hundreds of people queuing up. Now, people might get into a conversation about, well, you know, that's the problem with this football club and the supporters. <laughs> like, f- people just want to fucking enjoy. They want to, pe- we want to enjoy football. And we have been doing that under Postacoglu. So, my point is to kind of draw a line under it and to go back to what we were talking about before we hit recalled. Like, we don't need to go on, I don't need to go on the defensive. And I felt I've done that probably to get out of my system. And to and to be aware that there are people that are scratching their chins and scratching their heads, and they they're thinking mm, maybe there is something not quite working here. If you want to process what's happening in that way, it's it's up to you. You're not going to really enjoy yourself uh, if if you do it. There's there's a quote. Um, fuck. There's a quote from Alan Watts. If you don't know who Alan Watts is, oh mate, just. Gets go 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 on YouTube, go, um, search for Alan Watts. Listen to this guy talk. He's a uh, philosopher. He will put you into a trance, like and he and he and he will talk about things, and he and you, your your brain will just fly, it will just float away. Mm-hmm. And I think he said something like, uh, "No, no amount of anxiety makes any difference." Uh, to anything that's going to happen. So being anxious about something isn't going to change the output because you don't actually, in this instance, have an influence on that output. But maybe you do. And I, and I think we're going to get to that later because sure. there's a conversation to be had about the atmosphere because loads of things are, are kind of coming out at the moment uh, about the atmosphere, about South Korean fans at the game, about people leaving early when we're losing and all these other things that kind of bleed into the, the whole the whole experience. Um, so we will come back to that. So let's just draw that line and actually talk about Tottenham and the performance yep. and what's been happening. Like Because this result has been coming for a while. I don't think we can deny that. We haven't been playing 
convincingly. We we mm-hmm. have had clutch moments in games. You, you've alluded to players coming back. I think we're all aware about Tottenham's uh, injuries and international duty. Where's the fix in amongst this? Like, is it just having to play ourselves back into form? Yeah, and I think um, I, th- I think right now it is really just a case where you've, you've got a bit of a difficult situation where you don't quite know who is in form, and especially in key areas like the midfield, right? Um don't look, don't get me wrong. Losing both your starting fullbacks and then the two fullbacks who come in are pretty big downgrades on both of them. That's always going to be crucial to us. What we're able to, um, what our output's going to be, right? Because yeah. you know, a Porro to Emerson is like a downgrade of all downgrades, isn't it? And then you're talking about Davis uh, from a doggy. I mean, it, it's really harmful because they're both so important for the way that we set our attacks up and how we can actually, you know, affect things in the opposition box and stuff like that. But then that's, that is what it is because that's just injuries and you've got to just contend with that. But when we, I think that you've got a bigger problem is that you've got, I, I don't want to say the phrase is fully fit, but you have a fit Basuma, a fit Bentoncourt, Madison, Saar, and you don't, I think maybe Saar is probably the standout person amongst that lot at the moment on based on performances. Yeah. But the others, it's like, you really can't sit there and say you need to drop any of them, can you? Like, can can you can anyone really say with chest we shouldn't play Madison, we shouldn't play Bentoncourt, we shouldn't play Bissouma? Because you got to play, you'd rather play them than Hoybier or Skip, wouldn't you? Mm. As the alternatives. Mm. So that's, I think, the difficult position we find ourselves in. I think someone like Bissouma is really trying to rediscover a bit of confidence right now. From what I was able to see at the on, on the game at the weekend, I didn't think he was playing. I've seen him play worse. I think he's had worse game for us games for us this season. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, there was that spell when he was still had a yellow card hanging over his head, and I think that that was that that time in particular was when he was probably playing at his worst, right? Because he was seemed to be worried about getting suspended. Whereas now, I think he's just trying to basically learn how to play in a Tottenham shirt again without um, any kind of like dis- um, disruptions, because obviously he's, he had the ban, and then he had Afcon, and that's all gone now right yeah but um we i mean that that midfield trio of Bissouma, Saar and Madison that was it for us at the beginning of the season and it's not it's not clicking yet but that doesn't mean that it won't again um I think the general problem at the weekend just a big sort of like overarching overarching problem that you had was just that I just didn't think the effort was there it really looked like a low just application from us and yeah, all aspects did, of that game. And I don't know what you can kind of put that down to because I think if I wanted to look at it really negatively and you, you know, when you almost want it, you know, like just in the mid, when the end of the result, when the result yeah. comes in and you're just angry for that yeah. initial sort of like half an hour period or whatever it is. Before you call but, down. That yeah. My, my immediate thing was like, these lot have got to pull their fingers out, like the players. I didn't want yeah. to go for the manager or anything like that because for me, that, that like they're set up all week by the manager and the coaching staff. Once they're on the pitch, regardless of your opinion of the manager, like it is up to them because they can't, they're not being controlled. They affect the outcomes on the pitch. They, I just didn't think they worked hard enough. Now, I then don't know how deep-rooted that is. Is it a case where some of them have got to move to a decent-sized club and don't have the right attitude all of a sudden? Like They think that... Ten good games in a season is enough is enough to sort of like maintain a starting place across a thirty eight game season. Because if that is the case for any of them, that will very quickly be figured out and they'll be gone. Like the manager will get rid of that and he'll bring people in who are going to have the right attitude with the right application every game of throughout the season. 
but then that's like my really sort of like cynical kind of like view of, of things in the immediacy in the aftermath of the game so now that I've after I called off I don't know if that is the case do you know what I mean I just I just think that I don't even know if it was a case where they couldn't really they just couldn't figure it out on the day Wolves seemed to be really well drilled in what they were doing and what worries me is that we are so vulnerable to any attack that comes in towards our defence and our box at the moment. And we don't, and then we then seem to look not very dangerous at all when we're going towards like the, the opposition box, you know? I didn't know how it felt for you watching the game in the stadium. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it, mate. There, 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 there's, I mean, you could see what... There's, I mean, there's lots of things that you can pick out of this, right? You could say... Like, why didn't we adapt in the game? It was obvious that, you know, Wolves were sitting very deep and then they they caught us on the counter nearly every single time. It's like three times and then they obviously scored the winner from from one of those uh, breaks. You know, the the, the, defend, the defending from the uh, um, the header, um, all let's see. Like, it's like there's a bit of mojo. There's, there's a bit of polish. That finesse that we had... Um, and we've not had it convincingly in every single game for ninety minutes, but we but we've been a lot more robust and structured and disciplined, and it just feels like we're we're collectively having a bit of a wobble at the minute, and and it might be it might it might be because of you know a lack of a hundred percent players out in the field, mm. you know it might be because of the likes of I mean Bentoncourt I think he's way ahead of schedule, or uh, in terms of in terms of form, I mean, our expectations on him for this season will probably need to be for him to regain, you know, his his, his kind of premier uh, display um, in game because at the moment he's he's not the player he was pre injury, and that was always going to be the case. So we might not see him until next season. And Madison, it's way too early for him to start running the show and playing at the the. The level that he he reached, you I know, mean, he struggled. The they, they looked like they really targeted him throughout the game. He he got sacked a few times, I thought, during the game. Madison. Well, look, okay, look, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to. I mean, I said we were gonna draw a line under it, but I mean, most of the things that are being brought up because it'd be a very boring podcast, right? If we just said this is part of the learning curve, we've, we've dipped. It's happened before. We have to dig ourselves out of it. It'll mm-hmm. probably come with more games we play, and maybe. Champions League, maybe we, we should stop thinking about where we're going to finish and just focus on the work that needs to be done, etc, etc. And, you know, people want something at the end of this season, which is why they're fixating on top four and why For they're sure, worried yeah. about Man United and Aston Villa and why they're panicking about Tottenham and, start, and they're starting to question everything. But let's try and pick out some of those questions because a lot of them are around, um, you know, we only play one way. Like, why could we not sit deep ourselves and just say to Wolves, well, come on then, we're going to counter you. Is there a plan B? Is the plan B some kind of mythological moan that people just pluck out? Because I think I think a lot this season from everybody, media included, has been to dumb down what Ange Postecoglou does. It's like Tottenham play a base, basic football is what people are saying, which is bollocks. Like we're not... We're not Postacoglu is not a PE teacher, and yet he gets spoken about like he isn't. But then people, when we don't win games, which apparently Tottenham need to be winning every single game for everybody to be happy. But when we're not winning games, there are question marks over his substitutions, you know, the in-game management, 
uh, the high line, the plan B, and all these other things. Uh, but pick pick what you want, really, Dan. I mean, do, do like do you think it is one dimensional? Do you think it's more a case of us not be, being completely refined to bury teams early on? We're starting games really slow as well. Mm. There are there are lots of different little narratives. Now that we're not picking up points, it's a little bit clearer. It's out in the open and it's unavoidable. So, you know, in terms of Postacoglu, they're not they're not so much criticisms of him. They're more questions from me. I I want to see how he responds to the things that he sees. If mm. I can see them, if you can see them, I'm I'm sure he's fully aware of what's going wrong. Um uh, plan B. Let's start with that. Yeah, I think it's a funny one because we've it's something that we've thrown at various managers over the years. I remember vividly, like we used to throw it at Pochettino all the time because we went through a couple of periods with him in different stages of his time with us where we struggled against like really low block teams, and it was only the kind of more open teams that we seemed to get any sort of joy with. Um, but I think. Um, I don't know how much I buy into it because I think that managers have their ways of playing and I think in their mind, if players do, they will account for teams low, um, utilising a low block system. Do you know what I mean? Like, Do you not think that Postacoglu has, has, has thought about the fact that some teams are going to be more open and others are going to be more uh, in, a, in, in more of a, a defensive sort of setup? Now, yes, he is obviously very vocal about the fact that we're not going to change no matter what and stuff like that. But... You know that doesn't tell you what he's actually telling the players or the coaching staff on a weekly basis in training, does it? Or how they're planning yeah. ahead for games and stuff. It's just taglines he's throwing out there to the media because, quite frankly, he probably is just saying things just to get them to shut the fuck up uh, and just get out of that press conference, you know. Um, but there was really an in, there, there was a really interesting. Someone sent me a video. Uh, got, a mate of mine called Lee sent me a video. Um, it was a, from a press conference that Pep done. Um, in his first season at Man City, around a similar time to how long Postacoglu has been with us now, so a similar okay. stage of the season basically. And I watched it, and the gist of it was, as you can imagine, it was. I remember Pep during his first season was having to deal with a lot of sort of like flack himself in terms of, you know, is the team strong defensively enough and all this type of stuff, you know. So I listened to him. It was one of those where he says a couple of things that might raise eyebrows. Um, but he's shown that ultimately if you give people time and they're allowed to actually, not just in terms of implementing a style of football, the players they've got, but being able to build a squad that they want that will allow them to play the football they want in every aspect, we're probably still not there, mate. Like We've still got players who he probably would like to upgrade within the squad and different types of options of player in different positions, right? Like We yeah. don't have a lot of variation in different areas of the pitch. So, for instance, if we look at what what are we supposed to do differently in our wide areas up top, right? So, we've got our centre-forward in Richarlison, yeah? And then we've got wide options in Son, Brennan Johnson, Kulisevsky, and that's, and Werner. But that's basically it right now. And now, all, all none of them seem to be really, apart, apart from maybe Son, seem to be willing to try and beat a man one-on-one -on -one right now. And that's something that's hurting mm. us so much right mm. now because if you can't beat that man in front of you, then you can't get yourself in a position to get a ball into the box, which is probably what... like A lot of what our attacking player has been under Postacoglu when we've seen it flying is crosses into the box and cutbacks and stuff like that. But if you can't beat that man, you're not going to get in a position to be able to do that. 
And he's not, and I don't think he's then going to be happy if you're starting to just have pot shots around the edge of the box because he'll see it, it as wasteful. This so, plays into this plays into the whole because the whole Plan B thing is basically plays into teams that are like you said, well drilled, organised. So there's you know there's another narrative that's saying we've we've been found out, whatever that means. We've been now. I laugh at that because I know that if Spurs play with a lot more effort and a lot more focus than we did on Saturday. We would we we have enough quality to beat Wolves with no disrespect to them. No matter how they uh, like, no matter how they shape up and defend, right? They're, it's just that everything about us at the minute is quite limp. Now people might say, well, that's that's the consequence of the system that we're playing. I don't think that's the case. I think it is. I think it is accountability and players. There's too many players that are off form, and it's up to the manager really to kind of work out why that's the case. But there's, there's there are questions to be had around the system. You know, you saw it on Saturday. We kept trying the same thing over and over and over again. And we weren't beating players. We weren't getting behind them. They were just congesting their penalty area. And we were just, you know, just basically camped um, outside of it, playing the ball about, trying to find a diagonal, trying to find a clever ball, but really struggling to do that. And that, that's that's been the case for a few games now. Mm. do you I mean again to because I think everything kind of interconnects do you think the fact that Destiny and Poro weren't part of the team that 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 dynamic is so critical to the way that we 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 play our football do you think that was damaging do you think that might have been a huge factor that's possibly been downplayed a little bit uh, because of how uh, disappointing you know, the rest of the team was, uh, to be fair, we were kind of just focusing on the people that were playing, not the people that were missing. Um, you know, are we a team that just has to invest in two more fullbacks that are of similar build to to Destiny and, and Poro? I think that it would help. I do think that you, you, your backup options have got to be somewhat similar in terms of what they're capable of. Because... because uh, We've got to face it. Like Royale can't. He's not. He's not really suitable. He, the only other time he's actually start, started in a right back role, I read, um, was the first game of the season against Brentford. It's the only time he's played right back this season. All the other times he's played right centre back or yeah, left back. Bloody hell! So that in itself isn't ideal when you've got someone who's coming into that. It, fair enough. He's much more of an up and down right back, isn't he? Like if you was asking him to do that sort of job on the wide areas, then he'd probably be fine. But because you're asking him to come in field and basically play as like a midfielder like Porro can but they're just they're, he's not as good a footballer as Pedro Porro so like I'm not saying that you need to get you you're not going to get someone as good as Porro to sit on the bench are you but you can at least get someone who's got more I suppose familiar skill sets and traits to be able to play in that sort of way um but the, but but that's fine I think the important thing is that if we can identify that we can't do anything about it now can we because yeah. the window's come and gone and it probably wasn't realistic to be able to do that in January with both him and Davis. But also, Davis is someone who's had a lot of praise this season when he's played at centre back. He's been good. He's played yeah, exactly. well. So you know, he's limited got, in um, some ways, but his his application is spot on. You know, he's he's someone you can rely on. I don't know how much was yes of yesterday was down to the fact that we just didn't have those full backs. I think that we got. I, I do think that Royale had a particularly poor game. I think he was probably our worst player. Um, but ultimately. We did. We didn't do enough, like in an attacking sense either. And I think that that's the stuff that will disappoint Ange more than anything. I think he'll 
I think he's already always sort of accepted that we'll concede goals because of the way he asked us to play and how high up the pitch we are and stuff like that. Like you're going to be get caught, you're going to get caught out at times. But I think when we're being quite slow, ponderous, and wasteful with the ball when you're around their box, it's easy to play against. You know, you got a bit, you got to have people that are going to be brave who to try and make things happen. Like I think the popular one that's at the moment that a lot of people have saying, and I, I would agree with it, is that you need. You need to have someone who's a bit like a, a bit like Doku at City. Like he looks that, that he's he's just different to what they didn't have in that that sort of those wing options. Do you know what I mean? Someone who he can go both ways and he can beat a man one on one very easily. Um, and then I'm, I'm try, obviously it's a case of then trying to look at well what options out there are are there out there? And I, I know that that uh, Antonio Nusa who was at Club Bruges, like when you watch clips of him, he very much looks like someone like that, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so it's prob- and that's possibly why they were looking at him. It wouldn't have helped as much this season. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in the squad who you could look at in that sense as well. I think Perisic might have been someone had he stayed who they still would have utilised in that way. I think Solomon's definitely someone who wants to dribble with the ball more and take people on. But with that, but again, like we've got, so maybe you could argue we do have them, but we can't use them because they're injured yeah. or they've gone. What so it's, about- quite, it's just a bit unlucky as well in that sense. We 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 come to like the the we'll have to like take a step back out again and 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 look at things from from like a higher level, but just to just sticking with all the little story arcs and what about subs? How do you think Postecoglou is doing with substitutions? Sometimes they're quite dramatic. Sometimes you you kind of do scratch your head. Look, he's the manager of Tottenham. It's fine to disagree with him or think what the fuck are you doing, mate? But he's gonna always know infinitely know more than you about mm. what he's actually trying to do and this is this is the point i guess we've a first season there there are going to be things that we won't understand in the moment and there will be points dropped in the moment but there will be lessons learned internally that will probably influence what happens over the next 10 20 30 games and as football supporters we are quite dumb like we are quite reactionary we want things in the moment. We want to, We want that buzz and that hype and the rest of it. And there's lots of micro decision making and and things that we perhaps don't dwell on unless you're like a super stat nerd bloke who who might mm. just delve into that data and find things and then start talking about why this does matter and why there was emphasis on this decision and whatever else because it will equal to blah 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 blah. But you know it's all theoretical when you start playing about with data and you start trying to predict how Tottenham are going to be playing in the future. But that's basically where we're at. I mean, we have to, as much as we want to be winning now, we know we are building towards something. We know we are trying to do something different. But Mm. um, in the moment, again, we can't ignore the game-to-game talking points. Are you happy with the subs that he's making? Do you think sometimes they're detrimental? Does it break the tempo? Or is it, again, just a consequence of looking after players? You know, there's players like Madison, fatigue. You, you know, you, you might have to protect him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's a squad, It's a funny right? one. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think, again, like, I'd, referring back to when we had Pochettino, there was always subs then that used to infuriate us or their lack of. I think with him, it was that he just wouldn't do any. Like, he would let the 11 play out there for as long as he possibly could <laughs> before bringing anyone on when you'd be screaming yeah. for... I don't know. Something. George, you'd be screaming for like George, Kevin, and Kudu to come on and fucking do something. We've we've never seen him before, but we think he's going to be the prob- the answer. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, 
but but yeah, I think I think that it's just a weird one. I think when he's changed when he's been changing it in recent games, it's like I kind of sympathise with him a little bit because I don't know what he's supposed to do when he he clearly needs to you need to change it because you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But then is he then just going to get criticised by us? Kind of no matter who he changes it to, because a lot because until recently, a lot of the players coming off the bench aren't sort of like first eleven quality. Like you're talking about Hoybier coming off and doing quite well when coming off the bench, but probably to more often than not a few groans. Let's be honest. Um, and then we've seen kind of like you know at times like Everton away, we saw like Dragashin come off the bench late, and we still ended up conceding an equaliser. So at times it's just a bit confusing, isn't it? I don't really. I'm not 100% certain. I know that um, there was what there was there was a few subs in a couple of recent games where I have been just infuriated and think he just got it wrong, um, just in t- just by taking off just too much of our kind of attacking outlets for people who are probably. I don't know if they're more defensive minded or if they're just simply worse players, which makes you think it's more of a defensive change. Do you know what I mean? And then, mm. and, then, and then and then so maybe. Like no matter, maybe it's not meant to look that way, but it just does because we think they're worse players coming on. So ultimately, it seems it seems like a defensive type thing. Um, and it's, when you're chasing a goal, like it just doesn't make sense. Well, when you're chasing, when you when you are chasing, you know, what are you bring. I mean, I saw it on on set. What are you bringing in more for? Oh, and for what are you bringing in? And I'm thinking we've got no one else to bring on, mate. First of all, and you. Well, you got to do something, he, haven't you? Like, well, he, so. a defensive player coming onto the pitch isn't necessarily a negative uh, decision. It might be that he, that player stays deep to allow other players to attack. So we've got an extra man up top while there's an extra defender, you know, in in in, in the center of the pitch. I'm, I'm again, I'm talking i'm generalizing here i'm not mm. talking specifically about what happened on on saturday i'm just saying there is a reason why someone comes on and it, it is often it is to allow others to be more expansive especially if you're losing by a by a goal or you know and you are chasing so i think we just want you know we just want a striker to come on because that illustrates immediately he's yeah. on to score. You know, the it's, problem it's... you've got is there isn't really one to come on. I mean, so I'm looking at the subs now from the weekend, yeah? And Bentoncourt came on for Saar, which is relatively light for light. You'd think Bentoncourt, he's not as athletic as Saar, is he? But ultimately, mm. he can he can probably find much more of that kind of... He's a bit more of an unlocker. Do you know what I mean? He's a bit more of a mm. key to unlocking a defence than what Saar is. I think you'd, you'd argue. Then you've got Werner... Coming on, I think unfortunately, Werner. I've said it to someone the other day. I think in these low against these low block teams, I think he's absolutely useless. Unfortunately, yeah, I think he's he only can't. going to be any good if he can get in behind a defence. Exactly, um, he's, he's, it's about pace and, and and balls over the top and him running onto. And onto then I'm it looking and at who, yeah, and then it's a case of looking who came off as well because so yeah, Bentancourt for for Saar, Werner for uh, sort of Bissouma. It says here. And then Johnson for Richarlison, that was a triple sub. So then you've taken off the number nine who's going to score a goal, brought on two players who are going to play out wide. I'm assuming Son went into the middle at that point. Yeah. And then, and then later on, with five, this is the thing, five minutes to go, or what turned out to be 10 minutes to go with four minutes added on, or five minutes added on, you had Hoybier come on for Madison and Lacelso for Royale. And by that point, you think I think you just feel it's too little, too late, didn't you? Yeah, 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 
Look. So that's probably frustrating as well. And it is for me. Like I hate if you're cha- if you're if you're chasing two goals, let alone one, and you're making changes with five minutes left to go. I don't understand mm. what you expect those fuckers to do during that time. Yeah, not not a lot, unfortunately. But it's again, you know, maybe you know from from a, a deeply philosophical point of view. Uh, because that's all I've got left at this point. Because I can't, like I said, to to, to go back to the Alan Watts quote, you know, I can't change what's going to happen. I mean, even mm. though we don't know whether it's going to be good or bad, I can sit here and be anxious about it and worry about it, whether we're winning or losing. You know, that's down to how you process football. I kind of get that. But I think to be overly negative, to start talking about, comparing to previous managers. I mean, I, I actually had someone DM me, uh, Rickston Athletic, guy called Ricky, and he, he basically said, uh, it was in, in, in reaction to something I tweeted. I'm not sure what it was. It was probably something upbeat, you know, the white knight at Tottenham. Um, so he said, uh, the result sucks, and for me, the season has nof- nothing left to play for, which sucks. I see a slip into sixth, in all honesty. So a little bit negative, you know. Um, however, in capital letters... Interestingly enough, I have been delving into the historical fighting cock pods for um, and uh, season four, episode 33, apparently. <laughs> the parallels between this season uh, and Poch's first are weirdly similar with the okay. exception of that cup final. I didn't realise we got to a cup final in the first season. No, I didn't realise that. That sounds mental don't know when what... you say that. Is, that. is that right, though? Is that... Well, was it... If it, well, if it was, was Chelsea then it would have been... No, we did because I remember that awful kit that we had in his first season, where it was like the yellow piping that we had going around the sleeves and the chest type thing. Um, was the it the AIA. Chelsea two nil? I think or... it was Chelsea two nil. Yeah, we were awful. Didn't create anything. Um, so I, I don't know how. I, just the timeline for me. I'm going to have to look that up, but I'm, I'm sure he's right. But anyway. He goes on to say, this uh, Rixton Athletic, Ricky, goes on to say, fun to listen back to and reassuring because despite the cup run, we're doing better now. The squad is arguably stronger now and the youth is even more exciting this time round. The future is bright. This season is going better than I expected. Up the Spurs. Now, this is this is quite a brilliant share because at the beginning he's saying season's done, right? And here's, here's the crux of all of it. Yes, logistic, not logistically. Like, if you think about it just based on 38 games in the league and you've got to try and finish top four because that's Champions League football, elite European competition, you know, you can say, well, we, if we're not going to qualify for that, that, that's a waste of a season. That's fine. On paper, that's what it looks like. But in terms of context, in terms of what we've come from, from the summer and the, the seasons before that, you know, these are things that get repeated all the time. We need to build towards something. And in terms of what we have, if anything, it's pretty good considering that, I guess what Postacoglu has proved is that there was something there already that Conte failed to take advantage of. And we've added to that and strengthened it to allow a manager of Postacoglu's quality in terms of his vision and the way that he wants football to be played to take advantage of this. So we already had that step up. It was there. We just needed someone to go, oh, 
you're all right, Tottenham. You're not in. You're not as a big of a mess as you think you are. You need to fix quite a few things, but there's something to work with. But even Postacoglu is telling us it's going to take time. That you know, he he needs to work with his players. He he needs to facilitate his uh, his training and and everything else. And that we need to bring in more players that 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 fit the profile that fit the 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 type of football we want to be playing. So when you take into that into context, you know, time and patience, unfortunately, are things that we just cannot defeat. You have to work through them. And if you look back at that Poch team, that first season was rough. It was rough in patches. A lot of people were saying, I don't understand what we're trying to do. I don't know what Ericsson's mm-hmm. trying to do. Can't, he can't seem to bed Ericsson into the team. Look at what Ericsson did when, when he did bed in, how important he was for us. And I, again, it... Again, that, I drew that line and I am fucking tearing through it. Like, again, it's <laughs> this inability for the fan base. And, and I know you want to talk about this in more detail, um, uh, Dan, and we, we're doing it on, on the patrons uh, section because you've got quite a bit to talk to, to kind of delve into. But there is this problem with us separating the immediacy of wanting success in the present day and the longevity of actually working towards something that will be consistent enough to gain that success. Whereas what we've tried to do is jump ahead every time to get to that to, to that consistency without doing the graft, without sorting out our, our identity and everything else. So, um, so I guess the point is it took time for Posh and it kind of clicked and all the players that we had, are, are some of them were generational for us. It was one of the best teams we've ever watched. The plays we've got now can be even better than that. So, mm. it, and talking to the players, let's before we kind of um, kind of end the the normal pod. I, I, I just want to touch on a few things. Lots of conversations around Timo, fifteen million quid. Lots of people saying, "Nah, don't spend the money on him." Uh, and lots saying you're never going to get a play of his quality for that amount of money. Um, even though it's very early and he still needs more game time and he still mm. needs the opportunity to, he's assisting and he hasn't scored yet, but he's assisting. He's doing exactly what we knew he would do for us. Um, do you think it's no brainer, 50 million quid on Timo as a squad player for, for a season of European football, hopefully next year? Yeah, I think it's... Um... This kind of taps into, as you mentioned, some of the stuff that I think we're going to talk about on Patreon. But I think it depends on which what sort of lens you're looking at it through that particular deal. Because from a fan's perspective, it it doesn't. It's, I think that because of what our pre, uh, our sort of like you know preconceived sort of ideas of Timo Werner are based on what we've seen from him at Chelsea and Leipzig. Yeah, it's not an inspiring purchase, is it? Um, in terms of someone to sort of improve the first the first eleven. He does. Imp- he has improved the squad since he's arrived because I think that he was ultimately a body who, you know, he was better than what we sort of had available to play in the role that he's playing in. Do you get what I mean? Like there wasn't yeah. any. There literally wasn't anyone else fit. Like Solomon's been. He, he's basically fucked for the season, isn't it? He? He's not played for ages, Solomon, um, and that's the sort of position he would have been vacating in that sort of left hand side space when Son's not uh, playing there. Ultimately, you would think, but. If I'm looking at it through a fan's perspective, yeah, as I say, it's probably not the most inspiring thing. But then if I'm looking at it from a club perspective, then like the reality is you when you look at it from a simple case of you're not going to get anyone as good as that, um, 
for that price is what is is the point I'm making. Yeah, like you can you can get but you can get better players than Timo Werner. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> but you can't get them for 15 million quid. No. And that's so, fair. Look, Tottenham will assess that, and, and we've still got time to kind of work out. Because if but it Timo... depends what he's happy to do as well. Because I think it's, the important thing as well, Spook, is if he's if he's bought into it, yeah, and if he's got a really good attitude that someone like Postacoglu values in terms of what he's going to do for the squad, then I think it makes sense from that standpoint as well. And I would back it in that sense, you know, mm. because if mm. he wants him to come in because he's going to be a team player and he's not going to be selfish and he's going to, he talks so well about Emerson Royale Postacoglu in terms of what his energy is like around the place for someone who barely plays. Like, you think he's playing all the time is what he's getting <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah, And I think that... It's good team he, spirit. You need people like that in your squad. So, I think Werner probably knows that this is going to be the best club that he can probably get regular-ish football at, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. I think he goes anywhere else. He's, I think if he, if he wants to play in Champions League and be a regular starter, he's got to go to a really shit league to do it. Whereas if he's if he's playing in a Premier League team that can potentially get into the Champions League or at least European football, I, I think that he he will be well motivated in it as well. So you, you do have to find a balance in that sense. I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about Richarlison and Son, um, mm. but they they they're both a little bit off it at the minute. I mean Richie again, you know, it's funny the guy in front of me who, who loves a moan. I mean he's, I mean all he does is moan. I was like, get him off the pitch. He can't control the ball. It's like, <laughs> mate, he scored like, what, 8 in 8, 9 in 9 at one point? Um, I think it was 9 in 9, wasn't it? So I don't know if it's 9 in 10 now or what it was, something like that. But He's having a rough time just in the last couple of games, just in terms of, you know, I mean, they, they all don't look, we've said it already, they all don't quite look right. And, and obviously Son returned from international duty. He hasn't quite found his, his, his spark. I mean, obviously... You know, we beat Brentford the way that we did. Clutch, you know, we kind of we've kind of lost that spark. Every everybody needs to needs to be reignited. You're not concerned though, are you? In terms of this, this does for me it seems like a temporary little blip. We lost three on the trot earlier this season, and we probably didn't deserve to lose any of those games. Mm. Uh, and it was just after the implosion at Chelsea, I think that that, that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. To be fair, we probably deserved to lose against Wolves, but it was it was a consequence of oh, we absolutely we absolutely deserved to lose yeah. against Wolves, and we have we, on both occasions ultimately. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm not saying that we we should have won all those three games, but it it felt okay to lose those games. Yeah. It felt like there were there were reasons and there were tangibles again that you could put out. Whereas at the minute, because there's a bit of a lack of fire in our bellies, it, it feels really underwhelming. Um, do you... I can't believe I'm going to ask this question. But how much more do you think the fan base can take before they they start to crack? Or do you think that's simply not going to happen because... The vast majority again get it. They get this is a long haul, like uh, a long term thing. Uh, we're in it for the long haul, and it's just we're just working through shit at the minute. And it's just you got you got to roll the punches. You got to have a thick skin. You got to stop comparing yourself to other football clubs because because you know they have their own problems to sort, and and we should try and define ourselves by who and what we want to be rather than what we think we need to be. Um, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, I think it's important to have a bit of context. So when we say how much more can the fans take? Well, so we we, won, we beat Brentford, we drew against Everton, we beat Brighton, 
And I'm not. And don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm not ignoring the fact that the performances haven't been 100% in all of these games. But these are what the results are. And then we've lost to Wolves, and we deserve to lose against Wolves. I'm not going to make any ifs or buts about that. We and we've said the reasons why on this pod, you know. Yeah. But I don't know, Spook. Like it depends what you mean. So if they, it depends what what they want. So if they, if it's a case of how much more can we take of not being able to win the league this season, well, we're, that's already not going to happen. Uh, okay, Do you hold get on. what I mean? Hold on. So it's like... The better question is, how brave do we need to be as a fan base? And I'll say brave mm. in terms of... Um, we have, we have, we're very quick to turn on players and managers and the rest of it. And sometimes there's a good reason to, to, for it, right? But there are other clubs that are fanatical with, with the way they back their, their... Like everyone at the club. Like... To the point where they might be even a little bit deluded in their Mm-mm. in the in the in the way they get behind their team, but it yeah, dri- yeah. It, it drives that team. It just and we have that when we're doing well, but we are very and I want to talk about this probably on Patreon as well. This there's a lot of conversations about noise and atmosphere and the, the South Korean fans and tourists and season ticket holders selling Yeah, I think on a whole, I'll, it feels like we can be quite defeatist, doesn't it? Like we can yeah. be very quick to just turn, for things to turn sour. And I, 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 I don't really know what to sort of put that down to. It, it just seems to be the makeup of what the fan base is like at times. But I think it all depends on how much you take from social, how much you want to credit to social media and stuff like that as well. Like I'm barely on it, mate. I, I'm hardly ever on it. And I certainly don't see a lot of the shit on there. Um, so it's, that doesn't tend to affect me too much, if I'm being honest. Um, I think most reasonable people, but I think most yeah. reasonable people will be feeling okay, like I am today. Like I was really annoyed when we lost the game because for no for no reason more really than the fact that we lost the game. But I'm still looking at the fixture list that we've got coming up and thinking that you just don't know. Like that we could, we could go on like a really good run now. Still, I just have that feeling about about it about us right now. Like, I just think that what we've got, we've got Palace, we've got Villa. Villa's going to be really tough, isn't it? And it's away as well. So then, but then outside of that, you've also got like Luton and like teams like that. Like, I we think could have Forest really after here. that. And then, yeah, and then, but, they, and then obviously they, we've got big games. But, in but they're nothing special. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. beat them away. And we've, we've got a lot of these at home as well, Spook. Like, yeah. we've got Luton at home. So it's like, you know, Palace, I think the, the, the irony with Palace is they've just sacked Roy Hodgson or he stepped down. And they brought in. Um, oh, it's been confirmed. They brought in uh, Glasner, yeah. uh, who was the Frankfurt manager. And again, yeah. he's going to. Uh, his, if I remember correctly, his style of play is very, it's very much, you know, playing free at the back and trying to um, be a counter, a decent ta- counter attacking. Oh, team. here we go again. So it's, it's, it's exactly. It's, 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 it's going to be exactly <laughs> what we what we don't want to play against right now. But um, I think a lot of the teams we do play against are going to play that way against us because. Have you noticed no one's talking about Vicario anymore? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like no one's t- no one's talking about Vicario being dodgy at corners and all that stuff. It was just more of the the, the best Vicario at the weekend and with a couple of really good saves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So these things often aren't long lasting. They dwindle after a few weeks and then it's something else to moan about. Um, this is it, mate. We've got two weeks off, like uh, as in from the last game. Both fullbacks back. Game. Both fullbacks back for the next yeah. game. Apparently, and and so. I don't know what Spurs are doing in that time. I don't know if they they're going to Dubai. I mean, I've got no idea whether they're going to uh, just train and train Spart- and train. Spart- and, Spartan training. Yeah, I mean, they got to do something. And, and the thing is, I try. This is this is my point. I I have been slightly been playing devil's advocate, and I've been talking about things that I don't really believe it or not 
cared that deeply about. Mm. And to prove my point, I've kind of I, I'm off Twitter now until um, the Palace game, which <laughs> which people in WhatsApp groups are laughing at. They're thinking, "There's no way you're going to stay off Twitter." I don't, liar. I don't believe that, but I'll um, take your word for it. Right, I will, <laughs> I will have to go on it to post the podcast. Um, but I'm not going to read my timeline, and and this is this is the reason why as well. It's just going to be the same conversations for two weeks, and and here's and here's the little twist: had we won that game, had we turned it around and won the game, it'd be amazing, absolutely amazing. But the reality is, Dan, like if we're all grown up about it, is the problems are still there, and this is my point: yep. that people are not and they the 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 way I mean, there's criticism that's aimed at me sometimes. Ah, oh, when we win, you go over the top. It's like, well, that's what football's about, right? You kind of you 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 get carried away in the moment because that's the whole point of it to make you feel good. However, in that moment, you can still stand back and say, well, you know, we're we're relying on last minute goals and we you know we're we're looking a little bit dodgy on the counters and no 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 whatever else. Those issues, win, lose, or draw, remain the same because they're 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 issues that arguably have been there since the beginning of the season, and that's not yep. because Postacoglu doesn't know how to fix it. It's just that again, we need games, we need time, we need the guy to work. It's going to be good, it's going to be bad, it's going to be ugly. It's just the reality of what we're trying to do as a football club, and the whole thing about being brave. I guess what I'm saying is. Just tough it, toughen it up, toughen yourselves up, and deal with the bad. Take it on the chin. Have your moan and your frustrations, but know that you're going to be there because every everyone loves Tottenham. At the end of the day, everybody loves Spurs, and we want them to do well. But do not kind of poison y- y- your your experience of it because somehow you think it's an it's another failed appointment. Eight months into this guy's tenure, it's it's. At that point, it's 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 comedy, and that's why I'm thinking two weeks away from Twitter, I can get a lot a lot done outside of social media, like, like real things, um, have real conversations with people as well, and, and and then everyone can get it out of their system in those two weeks, and then we'll be back for Palace, just Spurs. Don't fucking lose against Palace because like I can't take a longer sabbatical. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, look, we're, we're still got a lot to talk about, mate, because I wanted to talk to you about Neto. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the, the fan noise and atmosphere because that's that's kind of kicking off uh, in terms of conversations with people that are involved in it and, and lots of mm. other weird discussions about half and half shirts and, and other bits and pieces. Um, I also want to touch on uh, what we were speaking about, just this this kind of the lens that you you see football through, um, just as as a as a. Uh, not necessarily just about what's happening at Spurs now, but I think it's something that's relevant um, to football. Um, yeah. There's there's a guy just quickly, and I will end the normal pod. There's a Terrace Edition. It's a fanzine. Just uh, search for them on Twitter. I wrote an article for them, and Sam Cornish did the the, the photos. Um, great thing to be involved in. And uh, Tom Reed, who who's the, the kind of editor that I, I worked with, he wrote something. Uh, that really resonated. I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself here. I think it's to do about it's Port. Yeah, it is Port Vale, and he wrote something about Port Vale, and I, I think I tweeted something that said football is the same thing for everyone in what it means to us, but for every fan of every individual club, it's something completely different. 
And 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 it's an interesting thing because we're sat here, privileged as fuck, supporting one of the richest football clubs in the world, moaning because we just dropped a few points at home. And and I think I'm not saying that allows us to never win something because we we support Spurs, good for us. I'm just saying a bit of perspective. We had a terrorist for a, a manager last time out. We had another terrorist. We had Nuno in the middle of everything. You know, we've had it rough since Poch left. Um, I don't fucking care about Daniel Levy. I care about what Angie's doing right now. As long as the chairman backs him, that's all that matters. And we don't need to, this is my point, we don't need to be talking about this. I don't need to be talking about this. We don't need to validate every week that we should be backing Ange Postacoglu. We should be doing it instinctively. We don't need Steve Perryman coming out and talking about how I trust the manager. It's like everyone's fighting each other on how to support Tottenham. And the reality is we should just crack on with supporting Tottenham. So that's 60 minutes. We're done with the normal pod. Dan, thank you. You're going to stay on. We're going to chat more on on Patreon. Uh, For Patreon, for the full podcast, go to Spooky in Purgatory on patreon.com. And we will catch you next week. Up the Spurs.